How many of y'all seen those commercials before? Yeah. <laughs> I found that everybody thinks they're funny, but for different reasons, and I won't go into that. But, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to show it to you this morning. I want to I want to show you some other things too. Uh, I got a few pictures I want to share with you, and it all kind of it all kind of goes around the, the theme for this morning. And you may be wondering, well, what in the world is the theme this morning? And uh, if you hadn't picked up on it yet, just kind of in a phrase, uh, the, the the theme for this morning is family resemblance okay and so now i've got a, a couple of other things i want you to see if you can see the family resemblance in some of these pictures i found online this week uh here's a picture of uh john lennon and julian lennon arnold schwarzenegger patrick schwarzenegger uh tom hanks colin hanks and um, then we've got chris jenner and kim kardashian reese witherspoon and her daughter ava demi moore and uh, her daughter rumor willis and then finally you've got drew carey and uh, his cousin that you didn't know about, Trey Carey, and uh, his son, Leo Carey. Yeah, see, see the resemblance? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you, you uh, are probably really wondering by now, right, what in the world does this have to do with church and the Bible, and especially what does it have to do with this idea of uh, our series, The Jesus-Shaped Life? And I don't blame you, and I promise I'm going to get to it in just a minute. But... Um, if you're just joining us, today's the third Sunday of this season of Lent that we're in right now. And it's basically this journey that we've been on together, this journey that's going to take us all the way to the cross. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to continue on to the empty tomb and, and then the beginning of, of the church, uh, the body of Christ, where, where Christ sends us out uh, to, to be like him, to, to show people what new life in Christ really looks like. And so, so this year, what we're focusing specifically on, again, is this idea of, of living a Jesus-shaped life and what that looks like. And so here's, here's the connection this morning with this idea of family resemblance. Uh, as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, as, as the body of Christ, as members of the family of faith, we're supposed to look like Jesus. We're supposed to bear a striking resemblance to our Redeemer. We're supposed to favor our Savior as a part of the family of faith. And one of the beautiful things about the, the family of God, the, the, um, the body of Christ, the family of faith, is that we, we all don't look alike physically, but we can all look alike spiritually as we resemble uh, the one who is the head of the body, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're supposed to look more and more like him each day. And, and just like we talked about uh, last week, the, the world around us doesn't care as much how many Bible verses we can quote or what facts that we can tell them about Jesus. I believe what people really want is they want to they hear how Jesus is working in and through our lives. They, they want to see how our lives reflect the life and love of Jesus in and through our relationships. That's the family resemblance that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what it truly means to be the church. That's why we, we talk about it over and over again that, that really our mission, our vision that we wanna live into as a fellowship family is this idea of sharing life together in Christ because that's what it's about. It's about bearing the image of God and bearing the fruit of the Spirit by sharing the love of God with one another and with the world around us. Amen? Y'all with me? All right. I know it's not spring yet, but we're getting there, right? Okay. 
Um, so, so that's why I believe God's word reminds us over and over again of, of who we are and whose we are, because it's so important for us to know who we are and whose we are so that we can know who God is calling us to be and what God is calling us to do. So many times I think in our culture, we have that reverse. We, we are, our actions define our identity. Uh, but, but the Bible teaches us that our identity informs our action. We need to know who we are so that we can know what we're being called to do. So the Bible tells us over and over again that we are children of God, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are image bearers and fruit bearers for Christ and for his kingdom uh, on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we get to the, the title of the lesson for this week in our book, again, The Jesus Shaped Life, the I. The, the title is The Relationships of Jesus, because that's where we live out this idea of a Jesus-shaped life. In fact, we can't live a Jesus-shaped life by ourselves, because it's about our relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. As I was looking at the material this week, and I was thinking and praying about this idea of of the relationships of Jesus, I, my mind immediately went to the idea of, of how our relationships uh, help us and lead us to be, to live a more Jesus-shaped life. But after I read through the materials a little bit, what I realized was it's really, it's really something much deeper. Really what it's saying is a Jesus-shaped life is a life that, that's all about relationships, relationships that have Christ at the center. If I'm living a Jesus-shaped life, then not only is my life being shaped by my relationship with God, but, but all of my other relationships are being shaped by that relationship. And, and I'm being intentional about shaping all of my relationships around my relationships with God. Christ has to be at the center. Yesterday, I had the privilege of, of um, marrying a couple right here in, in, in the front of our, our sanctuary. And, and we talked about that. We, I, we were able to celebrate Christ being the center of their relationship. And that's true, not just in the marriage relationship. It's true for all of our relationships. When Christ is at the center, then we're living into all that God is calling us to do and be. The author of the book, The Jesus Shaped Life, Steve Cordell, he says, he says a lot better than me. He says it this way. He says, becoming like Jesus means taking on some of his traits and characteristics. And there's one trait of Jesus that rises to the top of them all love. He says, Christ-likeness shows up as love. And then he goes on to say, there's no way to become like Jesus without growing in love. Love is not an add-on. Love is the point. So, so when we know our identity, then we know what our action is to be. And our identity as as children of God, as brothers and sisters of Christ, is to lead us to the action of, of love. And so the whole New Testament, really the whole Bible, from beginning to end, teaches us how to live a Jesus-shaped life by showing us how to love one another as image bearers of God, as fruit bearers for Christ and for his kingdom through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's who we are and that's who we're being called to be. So I want to share with you this morning just a few passages of Scripture um, throughout God's Word that bear witness to this truth. I want you to listen for this idea of this is who we are and, and this is whose we are. And from that place, this is what we're called to do and be 
in the world. Uh, the first passage reminds us that, that a Jesus-shaped life is a life that's lived from the inside out. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so he's, he's seeking to change our hearts before anything else. But once our hearts and minds are changed, then from there, then that transformation begins to take place. Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago. What we allow to shape our thoughts and our feelings eventually shape our actions and our habits and our actions and our habits eventually become the shape of our lives. Just like seeds planted in the ground, these seeds that are planted in our hearts and minds, our, our thoughts and feelings, they begin to shape our perspective about how we see things, about how we see God, about how we see ourselves, about how we see others in the world around us. And if that's true, then, then what needs to happen is our thoughts and feelings need to be constantly watered by the Word of God. So I love how in John's Gospel, he reminds us who we are and whose we are by reminding us of who Jesus is. Listen to this. John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, what? Children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is who Jesus is, and this is who we are in him. Later on in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. He says, uh, you are the light of the world, right? It, it, it begins with Jesus as the light of the world, and then it says, you are the light of the world. And then he describes to them what that means to live into that identity, he says, a town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So as we live into that identity of being light to the world, as we do those good works, people see the family resemblance and they praise our Father who's in heaven. And the way that we do that, that those good works are grounded in that trait that, that binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's the, the defining characteristic of love. 1 John 3 says, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been, known, been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I got a few more I want to share with you. 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. And we're being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord 
who has spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have every opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And then finally, I want to share one more passage with you that that encompasses all of these others, I believe. This is the main focus passage in the book this week because it reminds us of who we are and whose we are and and what God's calling us to do and be in the world. He's reminding us as as children of God, as members of the household of, of God, the family of faith, image bearers, fruit bearers, we're supposed to look like Jesus by living like Jesus, by living a Jesus-shaped life. And so Paul says to the Ephesians, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children. We've talked about that word therefore before, right? It's, it's an important word. And whenever the, the word therefore shows up in the Bible, you're supposed to look back to see what it's there for, right? But in this particular situation, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in this particular situation, this is one of those few places where you look forward. So it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. So Paul's saying, you're dearly loved children. Therefore, follow God's example. It's It's our identity that informs our action. And how do we do that? Well, he says it in verse two, walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So he's saying, this is who you are. And when you live into who you are and do what you're called to do, People are going to see that family resemblance. We, we walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I want to encourage you this week to, to go back and read each one of those scriptures. There's six of them. There's one for each day of the week. And if you follow along in our daily scripture readings, they're, they're there for you to read each day. And I want to invite you to do that. And I want it to serve as a reminder to you because we need to be reminded of who we are. So read, that, read, read those passages this week and, and be reminded of your family resemblance to Christ and let it be a guide for living a Jesus-shaped life, a life that resembles and reflects the light and life of Christ in your life, in your relationship with God and in your relationships with others. That's the question I wanna pose for you today. How do your relationships resemble the relationships of Jesus. Jesus gives us an example of what a relationship with God and a relationship with others is supposed to look like. So what do you, how do your relationships resemble and reflect the relationships of Jesus? How is your life being shaped by your relationship with God? How are all of your other relationships being shaped by that relationship? And how are you intentionally shaping your relationships around your relationship with God? This week, my friend J.D. Walt wrote a devotional in his Seedbed Daily Text called Why Our Relationships Are the Mission. He says, righteousness is not fundamentally about right behavior, but about right belonging to one another. It's about right relationships making the relationships right with with Jesus, with yourself in your marriage, with your children, with your friends, neighbors, colleagues, inside your organization, inside the church, even 
with enemies. And then he makes this powerful statement. He says, nothing hinders the mission of Jesus in the world more than broken relationships among his people and within his church. Relationships are the mission. What a powerful word for us today. As I reflected on that a little bit this week, I realized that that the opposite is also true, right? Nothing furthers the mission of Jesus in the world more than thriving relationships among his people and within his church. That's a powerful word, I think, for for us today. It, It took me back to that phrase I shared with you last week, the one that I shared with you that I feel like God continues to put on my heart and mind. I wanna read it for you again. Jesus was building a church long before the church was a building. I think we need to be reminded, not, not just we as a fellowship family, but we as, as the church, the big C church, universal, the church that Jesus, Jesus was building the church long before the church was a building. The church is not about property, it's about people. It's not about real estate, it's about relationships. It's about our, our common bond as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's about this common commitment to the family business. And the family business is not just about getting people into church, it's about getting church into people. And the way that that happens is through relationships. It's through sharing life together in Christ so that our lives and our life together can reflect the light and life of Christ to a world that so desperately needs it. Amen? I wanna wanna close today by sharing just a few more pictures with you on the screen that I hope drive home this idea of family resemblance. Look at these pictures and see if you can see the family resemblance of Jesus caring for people, being present with people. You can just kind of cycle through those. Inviting the children to come to him feeding the hungry, sharing the good news with others, praying for healing and health and wholeness in people's lives. Do you see the family resemblance? One of the things I love about um, being from Murfreesboro, my, my family's lived in Murfreesboro since the late 50s, early 60s, and Uh, When Murfreesboro was a much smaller town, uh, when I was growing up, there was a lot of folks, you you would always see people you knew out in town. And sometimes there were people you didn't know, but they knew you, right? And so sometimes someone would, I'll never forget being so proud when someone would come up to me and and recognize who I I belong to, right? And they would say, boy, you're, you're looking more and more like your dad every day. I wonder what it would be like for us to be known in our town for our family resemblance. If people said, the people at Fellowship, they're looking more and more like their heavenly father. They're looking more and more like Jesus every day as we walk in the way of love. I wanna invite you to join me in praying about that this morning, about what that looks like for you and what that looks like for me and for us 
as a family of faith. And I think, again, a good place for us to start is our Jesus-shaped life prayers. So would you pray that out loud for me, with me, as we close? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, that is the prayer of our hearts today, Lord, that you would search us and know us inside and out. We know that you do, God, but we, we pray that prayer today from your word as, a, as an invitation. Lord, we invite you into the deepest parts of, of our, our being so that you might come and do what only you can do, Lord, by your grace and mercy and love, that you might transform us on the, from the inside out so that we might look more like you, that we might bear that family resemblance to our Savior, Jesus Christ, as we love one another the way that he loved us, the way that he loves us. Lord, help us to do that today and every day in our relationship with you and in our relationship with others so that people might see the way that we love one another and they might know that we are his disciples and they might praise you, our Father in heaven. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing one more song together and as the band leads us, I wanna invite you to just spend the next few minutes uh, allowing God to speak to your heart and mind today. Uh, the altars are gonna be open if you'd like to come and pray. Uh, you're more than welcome to do that. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Uh, if you have more questions about a relationship with God or a relationship with this church, I would love to, to help you with those as well. If you just wanna stay in your seat and pray or just sing the words and listen to the words of this song, just with these last few minutes, let's allow God to, to do work on our hearts and minds and, and be open to what God might wanna say each of us this morning. Would you stand as we sing?